You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. If you have your Bible today, we're doing something a bit different. Grab it and turn to Psalm 116 this morning. Psalm 116 is where we're going to be today. And when you get there, I want to encourage you just to kind of hold your place there because what we're going to do is we're going to move about the the Bible a bit together as we move through this message, but we will come back to Psalms 116 and the verses that we will read otherwise will be on the screen. But uh, if you're visiting today or perhaps you're, you're new to Calvary Chapel and you've noticed that we what we do here is we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, expositionally, and we just finished together the book of Nehemiah. And next week are going to be starting the book of James together, which I'm very excited about as we walk through that book together. Sometimes as we study the Bible, we go from book to book and we go directly from the book we finish the next Sunday to the next book. And that's just sometimes what we do. That's often times what we do. But every time as we draw near to an end of the book, I like to start praying and be like, all right, God, we're going to this next book. Is that still what you want to do? And also, Lord, is there anything in between the time that we can fill that you have for, for, for us? And, you know, oftentimes it's just going right into the next book, but sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, given that this week is the week of Thanksgiving, and we as God's people have indeed much to be thankful for, a fresh exhortation to Thanksgiving as the body of Christ, I think is very appropriate for us to hear from God's word today. And if you're taking notes, the title for this message, there's no study guide, but the title for this message is simply exhorted to Thanksgiving, as that is what we see within the word of God. We see an exhortation to be, to be thankful and to be thankful for our life walking with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you today to lean into that as we study the Word. And what I want to do before we get into the Word is I just want to pray together one more time and ask the Lord to help us and to lead us as we do so. So Father, we thank you so much for this day. Father, we praise you and thank you, God, for this amazing time that we can come together that you invite us into. Lord, the time of worship that we've had. Lord, we just praise you because all of that is to you. All of that is to you and for you. And God, though it doesn't come close, God, to to your enormity, Lord, we thank you that you are pleased by it and that, God, we can enter into your presence with it. And Lord, we praise you now and ask that you would help us, Lord, as we study your word and as we look at exhortations, as we look at examples within the word, Lord, to be thankful and for thankfulness, God, to be that which we as your people are to to show. God, would you help us with that, to see and to walk in that today and Lord, all of our lives. And Lord, we just thank you right now on the onset, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is here to help us understand your word. And we ask that God, you would lead us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, being exhorted to thanksgiving and offering of thanks to the Lord is something that is consistent really throughout the Word of God. And I am convinced that that is on purpose. I'm convinced that that's on purpose for a few reasons, actually. I'm convinced first and foremost because nothing is in the Bible by accident. I hope you know that. Every, every period, every, every thought, every name, everything that's in the Bible, though we may skip over it sometimes because we can't pronounce the names, they're there on purpose. Everything within the Bible is there on purpose. It is not by accident because our God is a God who knows what he is doing. And so every time that we see an exhortation or we see an example of someone being thankful or someone telling someone to be thankful, we can know there's a good reason for it because our God knows what he's doing. 
Also, too, we see examples and exhortations of thankfulness in the Bible because we know that God's Word is given to us to instruct us. We see that in the Bible, that God's Word is His Word. And a verse that we've been hitting on consistently lately has been that of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, where it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is given to us to teach us how to know him and how to live with him and how to walk with him in this world. And it is there to instruct us. And so we can take that every exhortation, every example of thankfulness is not just not there by accident, but is also there to instruct us, to give us instruction as it gives us an example. And we see them also because, well, frankly, we really need the reminder. We absolutely need the reminder within the Word of God from the examples and the exhortations to be thankful. And I know that I need that, and I know that you need that. If you tell me that you don't need that from time to time, you're a liar. You're a liar to yourself, and you're a liar to me. Because we live in a world that is fallen, that is sinful, that has hurt, and has lots of things that damage and that worry us and cause us to not be thankful which is why God in his infinite wisdom, again, included both of those within the Bible, the exhortation and the examples over and over again to be thankful and to live in a life with the Lord in thankfulness. And the apostle Paul was always great about that, right? Like, and he's the guy who should have like no room at all ever to be thankful. Like you look at his life as he walked with the Lord, he had a lot to not be thankful for. The dude had a rough time as he followed the Lord. As he was beaten, he faced much pain, trials, all kinds of things, loneliness. They were a part of Paul's daily life as you read the word of God. And yet we see him consistently thankful and also consistently exhorting others to be thankful over and over again. And like I said, we're going to camp out in Psalm 116 here in just a bit. But on the screen for us, we're going to put up 1 Thessalonians verses, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 to kind of kick us off to see an exhortation from Paul to one church about being thankful, where he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And in everything, he says, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul here in writing to the church in Thessalonica, he's writing to them to, to, to encourage them, to instruct them, and to give them peace about how they are walking and following the Lord. And we have both First and Second Thessalonians within the Bible that we have in our possession. And we know that as Paul was writing to them, this young church was, was predominantly worried about their, their friends and their family who had died before the coming of the Lord that they were anxiously waiting for. And so Paul was in giving them some instruction and some encouragement to not worry. And he was also giving them some exhortations on how to live now positionally with Christ. And we see that, that as they are, are called to live positionally with the Lord, that he gives them some fresh exhortations as he ends this first letter to them. The first thing that he says is to rejoice always. And he is literally writing to them saying to rejoice always because they have the ability to rejoice. They have the ability positionally to rejoice because of who they are in the Lord. That's what he means when he says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He is saying there that since you are God's people, that positionally, no matter the circumstances around you, that you can rejoice. You have the ability to do so because you belong to the Lord and the Lord, he's got you. 
And he goes on to say that you can also pray without ceasing. Positionally, the believer has the ability to pray, the ability to speak to the Lord. The author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.16 that we can run boldly into the throne room of grace and there meet the Lord and speak to him and he hears us. And so Paul exhorts and so we should do. And key for today, he then says, and in everything, give thanks. Paul is giving this exhortation to God's people there in his day that still holds true in our day. To there be thankful and to rejoice always because of the position that we hold in Jesus, or rather because of the position that we are held in by Jesus. You see, we can rejoice because we're his. We can pray and know that we are heard because we are his, and we can and should give thanks consistently knowing that positionally we belong to him. That's an amazing thing that Paul writes there, that we see him exhorting the church in Thessalonica. That is true for us as well. If you are in the Lord today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you belong to him, then you positionally have a reason to rejoice, to pray without ceasing, and to live thankfully in your life. Another one from the Apostle Paul, this time in Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul was not just one who exhorted to thankfulness, but also to rejoicing. You notice that? Like, I love that about Paul. It wasn't just, hey, be thankful, hey, persevere. It was, hey, rejoice in the middle of it. And again, that is amazing. He says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And he says, There be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Again, positionally, through Christ Jesus is where the thanksgiving is able to be given, where the peace that surpasses understanding comes from as you pray and as you draw near to him. And he says, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, he says there meditates on these things. He wrote not just to the church in Thessalonica to be thankful, to rejoice, but also to the people there in another, in another region. The people there in the, of Philippi about what it means. The whole book of Philippians is about joy in the Lord, of living with the joy of Jesus and joy of belonging to Jesus running out of your life. Despite the trials of the world, despite the sinfulness that causes everything to be broken, Paul is giving the people in Philippi reasons to have joy and to live joyously as the Lord's. And along with that comes this exhortation here to rejoice in the Lord. Again, he, he speaks consistently of rejoicing in God over and over and over again by focusing on the things that are not, by not focusing on the things that are tearing us down, bumming us out, stressing us out, and taking away our position of rejoicing and thankfulness. But he says instead of focusing on the Lord's, of focusing on him and who he is. Because Paul knew that the people in Philippi, in the same way that we can, that if they focus on the things that caused anxiousness, that they focus on the things that were of this world, or they sought to seek in their own strength to build themselves up and pull themselves out of anxiety and positions of, of being unthankful, that that would not get them anywhere. But yet with the Lord and belonging to the Lord and leaning into that place with the Lord, he knew that he could exhort them to be thankful. And Paul here exhorts these two churches in his day to be thankful to the Lord, to be thankful in the position that they are in. 
And he tells them again that it's not because of who they are, but because of who God is and how they belong to him. Paul doesn't, and so too does the word of God not do this either. Again, exhort the church to be thankful based on worldly resources or human emotion, but to be thankful, to rejoice, to be prayerful, to live in the position that we have with the Lord living with him. Our joy, our thankfulness, our rejoicing, our praying, our walking with God should not be there predicated upon our outward circumstances. It should be predicated upon who we have and who we belong to, who has us and who is leading us. See, Paul exhorts, we have examples of the exhortation for us to apply, to be thankful because of who God is and who we are in him, which is an amazing thing to think about that we belong to the Lord. And as such, that position gives us the ability always to rejoice, always to pray, always to be thankful, not just on the week of Thanksgiving, but every day. And as Paul gives the exhortations, we also look, going back now to Psalm 116, to see an example of another man who, if Paul was perhaps speaking to him, or if we were put into this man's shoes, gives us a great example of thankfulness and living in a, in a position of thankfulness to the Lord. You know, Paul's life, again, is an example. An example of a man positionally walking with the Lord who faced much, but yet walked faithfully rejoicing and praying and seeking God and thanking him always. And so exhorting others to do so as well. And this example here in the Old Testament also speaks to us just as much as Paul's life does as this man recounts to us his experience in the world and with the Lord. And so we're going to read Psalm 116 in its entirety. I may stop and make a couple comments on the way, but we're just going to read it and together see again this example of a life lived thankfully to the Lord. Where the author says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death, they surrounded me. The pains of Sheol, they laid hold of me. And I found trouble and sorrow. But then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. And gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. Praise the Lord for that. That was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. And I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. And what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord and I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. And so, verse 17, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Here the psalmist, he lifts up praise and thanksgiving to the Lord because positionally, again, he knows where he is with God. And where he was, we see there at the beginning, what he relays to us is that he came from a place of death, a place of trouble, a place of sorrow. But he said there that as I called upon the Lord, the Lord met him. 
The Lord saved him. The Lord pulled him and brought him to a place where he was no longer surrounded, he felt, by death and sorrow and separation from God, but yet he was living positionally saved with the Lord, walking with him, and had a reason to worship, a reason to sing, a reason to praise, a reason to encourage others to praise, a reason there to live thankfully. And this man's example, this author's example, though he's anonymous to us, it is so applicable and exemplary to us because we relate to it very well. We relate to his position that he says that he was in there where he was in great distress, where he was there afar off, where death surrounded him, the pains of Sheol, they held on to him. He found trouble, he found sorrow, but yet he did, as we can, call on the name of the Lord. We relate to this man because in the same way that he felt this separation from the Lord, so too do we know from the word of God that we are separated from God in our original states. That we are each sinners living in a broken and sinful world that brings sorrow, that brings pain, and we are separated by sin that we're born into from the Lord with no hope in and of ourselves of getting back to God. But yet as this man did, so too do we know from the word of God that we can cry out to the Lord and know that he is faithful to save. Amen. Know that he is faithful to come and to meet us and to be with us to where we positionally go from death and separation and sorrow that we're born into and that we live in and that we're surrounded by within this world to a place and a position of living with God of living saved and living with him, positionally belonging to him. And as Paul exhorted, as this man exemplifies, we too have the ability to say, Lord, thank you. And live out that life of thankfulness to the Lord. Positionally, we're able to give thanks to the Lord. Positionally, we are also able to bring others into and to encourage them to be thankful to the Lord, to be thankful in a life and live a life of thanksgiving within this world because of who God is. The question is whether or not we will see the example, listen to the exhortations, and apply them. Apply them to our lives. And again, not just today, because we're hearing this message, not just on Thursday when we're gorging ourselves with amazing food and then thinking about the things we're thankful for, but every single day. Every single day as the Lord wakes us up and gives us a day to rejoice in and to worship Him in, every single day we should be worshiping God and thanking Him just for the simple fact that we woke up. The simple fact that we woke up, our eyes open, we drew breath and smelled the coffee. Man, that is, those are so many reasons. And three moves, reasons to praise the Lord. That is an amazing thing. Each of us have today, as we are, reason to thank God. And we have an ability and a call to do this, not just for ourselves, to know the Lord loves us and to live thankfully to Him, but also, like I said, for others around. We notice the psalmist here, much in the way that Paul did, they let their thankfulness show. They let their thankfulness show out to the world around them and encourage others to come with them. And I understand that saying this today to some of you and even to many of us various times throughout our life is a hard thing. It's a hard thing many times in our life, again, to be thankful. It is a hard thing because, again, we live in a fallen, broken world where sin impacts everything that we do, ours first and foremost. But yet we know that Jesus Christ took care of that sin on the cross of Calvary and gives us new life to be able to live and to walk and to deal with those issues, to walk with him boldly in this world and thankfully with him as we go. And that gives me a reason to be thankful. 
That gives you a reason to be thankful and to live thankfully in this world. And it gives me reason, again, also to encourage others that when we see the situation that someone is in, that we have an opportunity to say, hey, you know, you know what? It, it, it is a bummer. It is hard, but yet the Lord is so good. And again, I know that that is hard for some to hear. That is hard for us to hear at times because when we're going through it, what we want is people to go through it with us and we want the misery to be what shines out, right? Like we want to hurt and everyone to hurt with us as they know that we're hurting, but that is not what God has intended for us to do. God has intended for us as his people to walk in a different way, in a way of saying, Lord, I know that it's hard and there's no negating the hard and God doesn't negate it, but yet we can be thankful of knowing who we are and who we belong to. And we see the exhortation, we see the example, and it is up to us to decide whether or not we will answer them appropriately. Whether or not we will answer the Lord and say, yes, Lord, you know, because of who I am in you, I can be thankful. Because of who I am in you, I, I can walk in this world not worried so much, not anxious so much about the things that are going on in my life, not negating how hard they are, but yet not worrying about them because I know of how good you are and how, how big you are and how you are always, always with me. I'm thankful for that church and so thankful for the reality that the word of God gives us the example and I'm also thankful for the word of God that tells us the ultimate reason, as we've already hit on it before, but yet we're going to hit on it again and remember it here in just a moment physically. How it gives us the biggest reason to be thankful today and every single day that we live in this world and then every single day in eternity, whatever that looks like, whatever that time frame looks like, eternity is a long time that I, my brain can't wrap around. But what gives us the biggest reason to be thankful is the fact, again, that Jesus Christ, well, he, he, he loved us enough to come and to die so that we could be no longer separated from God, but reconciled to him. That we would be no longer separated and enemies with God, as Paul calls us, but we would be reconciled children of God. And that is all because of God's great love that, again, was demonstrated by Jesus Christ coming and living a perfect life and then dying a criminal's death that we should have died on the cross of Calvary, shedding his blood, having his body broken so that we could have new life with him and eternal life with him, with him, not separated from him for eternity. That life is possible. That position is attainable in a relationship with Jesus. What we are, again, going to remember here in just a moment by taking communion as, as the church. The greatest reason to be thankful and what should drive our thankfulness in the same way that we see it drive this man's thankfulness in Psalms and it drive Paul's thankfulness and so many others within the word of God is the fact that they knew who their God was. They knew who their God was and they knew position that they belonged to him and that as they cried out to him, he was there to save. He was there to save them, to answer them and to lead them in a life. And I understand again today that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that the world doesn't get any easier. In fact, you know, studies all this year would seek to say that life with Jesus is in fact harder. You look in the world around us today and indeed living biblically, living for the Lord, that's a hard thing to do. It's the unpopular thing to do. And oftentimes there's much that accompanies that, that makes us anxious, causes us to worry and to fear and to not be very thankful. But yet when we remember the simple sacrifice out of love of Jesus Christ. And all that other stuff just kind of goes away. Yes, it's still hard, but yet we remember that we are belonging to a God who is on the throne and who is with us and who wants to lead us in this world. 
And so friends, today it's short, but it's so needed for us, not just today, again, today it works out well because of the timing, but yet it is so good. And we need this not just for today, but every day. A reminder and an exhortation, seeing the examples within the word of God to live a life that is thankful, that is giving thanksgiving to the Lord always and encouraging others as well to do so. And I pray that we as a church, as a church body gathered and scattered, that that we would do that and that we would be diligent to do that and trust that the Lord is with us as we do that every step of the way. And so, like I said, I pray that this word sticks with us. And I pray that as we now as a church remember a reason, the greatest reason to be thankful, that we would let it sink in and live lives that show it out. Let's pray together.